0: Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host,
1: Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze. And today, I've got a really cool guest with us today. But before we get to that, hey, guys, I just want to announce that I am looking to offset some of the costs of running the show, but that's, you know, we'll get to that in further detail a little bit later. But if you want to go check it out, you can go to unresolved.life forward slash support. In any, any case, today I've got Mr. Jake Enriquez with me. And Jake is, a he, he especially he works in uh, real estate, I believe it is. And then he also hosts the Press and Reach podcast. Jake, welcome to the Unresolved Life Show.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you for having me.
1: Can you give my audience and me just a little bit of background? How did you get involved in doing the Press and Reach podcast and and how did you come to know the Lord and all that kind of stuff?
0: Sure. I mean, absolutely. We can take it in segments if you'd like, but uh, uh, the Press and Reach podcast we do is we like to focus on the good news. I know that everybody out here is aware of all the the negativity that takes place and everybody always wants to focus on the bad news or some people call it the fake news, whatever you may say. But, you know, uh, we at Press and Reach, we like to keep people focused on the good news, the gospel, that is, because Christ is alive and well and still mm. saving souls. So Amen. that's the reason why we, we do it. And we do it by building on faith, family and community. Yes, you mentioned earlier, I'm a real estate investor, um, been re- investing in real estate since 2007. But, uh, you know, God has surely called us to stand in the ministry, in the business that we're in. So we meet all walks of life. But that's the reason why we come to do the Press and Reach podcast.
1: You know, that's a—I mean, a lot of people will sit there and say, good news. Well, what kind of news are you talking about? Because, I mean, you look at the world and it's pretty bleak, isn't it?
0: Absolutely it is. Yeah, definitely so. And I could just give you an example. You know, as I've been a real estate investor, like I said, since 2007, you know, our focus. Uh, in the beginning was, you know, how do we do this business? How do we learn how to properly do the real estate investing? And of course, everybody wants to make a profit. Everybody wants to do the very best they can do. And, uh, you know, in working with people and spending time with people, I've learned and come to understand that it's more just about relationships. That's what creates the better business environment. God has just um, continuously brought people into my life and They might be different situations. So some some of the guys might come and talk about some of the issues with their marriage or some of the issues with their finance, some of the issues with their business. And it always comes down to one thing for me. If I'm going to spend time with people, I'm going to ask them about their relationship with Christ Jesus. And I, when I say, uh, the good news, I'm, I'm going to share the gospel with them in one mm-hmm. way or another. And I know that, you know, God does lead me, lead me in it to be in that place at that time for that reason. So uh, that's what I'm talking about when I say the good news, you know, everybody can, can look at the bad news of, Hey, maybe my business crashed or maybe my marriage is going kaputs whatever. But you know, there's always a remedy to that. And the remedy well, is, is well. Jesus Christ.
1: Well, how can you say there's a remedy? I mean, a lot of people will sit there and say, well, you know, you can be a good moral person and have things going well, and you don't need religion to do that.
0: Right. Well, religion is different than relationship. So uh, I would agree with you on that. I don't need religion, but I certainly need a relationship with the creator of the one who created me, not only me, heaven and earth and of all that is seen and unseen and the one that breathed life into me. So if I'm created to be the praise unto his glory, then I want to learn how to do that.
1: Oh, so you're one of those creationists then, huh? One of those what now? Creationists, huh? Well, you you actually believe in a creation?
0: (laughs) I believe, I wholeheartedly believe that uh, (laughs) we are created absolutely by God himself. So, yeah.
1: No, you know me, I'm I'm a, uh, I'll do what I can to, you know, and I know a lot of people listening here, they may not necessarily agree with that account, but. I think the thing that sticks out to me, let, let, let's take this back. So you are now a um, a real estate investor and you're trying to bring your faith into the workplace as God leads. But how did you come to faith yourself? How did you come to realize that this faith is actually something worth paying attention to? That it's real? Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I could take you back to just growing up. I mean, you know, I, I always like to go back to childhood because I believe childhood played a major role in each and every one of our lives. So, You know, growing up for me, I I came up in a small town, Kirbyville, Texas. My mother and father, you know, they had us in church every Sunday. You know, even though they did, I really wasn't paying attention. But, you know, my mom was a good mom, dad, a good dad, always providing. But, you know, myself, I wanted a little bit of that world. You know, I wanted some other things. I didn't want to sit and try uh, to do things so perfect. And that's how I perceived that is uh, anything relationship wise with God is like, Mm. I I felt like I just couldn't, you know, I I wouldn't be able to do it kind of thing. You know,
1: I think a lot of people could relate to that. I mean, you sit there and you look at what you want me to do. What I cannot be what God expects of me. I can't do it.
0: Absolutely. thing about it is, is like I said, I wanted other things. I didn't want, I didn't want God. I didn't want that part in my life. I mean, I I absolutely believe that I couldn't really have, those things. I looked at my mother. Okay. I looked at my mother. She was very faithful. She was a, a woman of faith and, and, you know, she always had a way about her. And even though she did, I just felt like I couldn't even keep up with her, you know, <laughs> so mm. we, she never beat us up. She was just a very loving woman. And she always had so much patience, so much love, so much kindness, not just for her family, but for everybody. And, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh sorry, but, so, but to me, things bothered me. I wanted to deal with them in a different way. But regardless, uh, I started drinking probably in seventh grade. And as I started drinking and doing other things, you know, I got heavily involved.
1: Did you get involved in drugs
0: as well? I did. I mean, uh, you know, marijuana was some um, uh, was, of course, that stuff that I was in. But uh, there was some other. It wasn't like really heavy, like I was addicted to the drugs. Mine was more along the lines of alcohol. Once I got hooked Mm. on alcohol, I just couldn't, you know, I I spent from seventh grade to what was just seemed like we were just having fun. That led uh, me until I was, you know, 32.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: I stayed with the alcohol, you know, for quite some time.
1: Beyond just wanting to have fun, what was the reason for staying with the alcohol? Sure. What were you looking for?
0: You know, I was just probably looking for peace of mind. Um, You know, I always looked at it. From that angle, you know, I can always escape from my problems through alcohol, through certain situations, issues. You know, I know it sounds crazy when I look back now, you know, I, it is embarrassing to even think about this. But I always thought to myself, why is everybody else? Why is everybody else not in trouble? Why am I always dealing with these tr- troubled issues and such? Right. Right. But when I turned around, it was always something to do and related to alcohol issues or issues with alcohol, you know? Mm. Uh, But of course my resolve would just be have another drink, you know, I'll think about it later type of thing. So that was the problem for me is, was alcohol. I was deeply involved with it and I was always with it when I was 15 years old, man, I had a tab at the liquor store. I was doing it illegal, of course, but it was funny and it was fun. But like I tell people, you know, today when I talk to the youth, everybody doesn't get out of it so easy. And that was me. I didn't get out of there so easy. So For me, it took off into my um, adulthood. You know, I had joined the Navy. And if you know anything about the military, if you're a drinker, it's just (laughs) going (laughs) to increase. Probably, I shouldn't say everybody's. I can't blanket everybody like that. But more than likely, you know, uh, there's going to be opportunity for those things to increase. And for me, it did. And I ended up getting married coming out of the Navy. Mm -hmm. And she was a drinker. I was a drinker. Um, didn't work out. Relationship ended. Marriage ended pretty shortly after that. But I had my first child at that time. And I was living in Cleveland, Ohio then at that time. So when she wanted a divorce, I ended up going back home to Texas. I'm from Texas. So I went back home. But one of the toughest things was leaving my daughter there in Ohio. Mm. So that's a a sense of shame. That's a sense of uh, a feeling of guilt. Uh, failure and everything else, especially since my mom and dad were still happily married. You know, I I didn't know anything about that. So, uh, but actually my brother actually invited me to come stay at his house. He was in Morgan City, Louisiana at the time. So I stayed there for about a month. Afterwards, though, I ended up back in Beaumont, Texas, and um, just slowly began to try to get back on my feet. I can't even say that I was really getting back on my feet though, Teresa, because I was still (laughs) <laughs> drinking that alcohol, you know, mm. and, and of course, not really looking to quit anytime soon.
1: So when you were, well, I mean, when you, when you're neck deep in this alcohol, I mean, it's already, it's already cost you one marriage. You got out of the military. W- would you say that it was kind of like a crutch for you at this point?
0: Sure. I mean, I, I believe so. I mean, it's hard to see. I don't even remember the saying, but what is it that it's hard to see? Or what is it about the woods?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the forest right. or whatever. Forest you know. for the trees,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just can't see it, you know, I guess, you know, you're blind to it, but you just keep digging yourself deeper. Well, after that, you know, I'd moved up to uh, Arlington, Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, and I ended up in another relationship with another lady. I ended up getting married and I had two more kids.
1: Huh. Wow. Okay.
0: And, uh, the one thing that I didn't do was leave the alcohol, and uh, we ended up splitting up too and ended up getting on the divorce. So uh, I had three kids, two ex-wives and three kids. And And
1: at this point, let me, let me ask you this at this point, two ex-wives and three kids. What were you thinking about yourself at this point?
0: Well, I believe it's a sense of, uh, of giving up really. It it really was to me. I mean, I began to feel like things didn't really matter anymore. I'm never going to get it right. There's nobody really that can help me with this situation. As a matter of fact, My mother, you know, she, um, she was always a big help to me in my life. You know, she'd always spend time trying to, well, she was ministering to me really, but she came over one, one afternoon and she was talking to me about my two kids that I had right now living with me and I, they weren't actually living with me. They were taking time, taking turns, taking care of the kids. And she was telling me how I, I'm going to need to get on my feet because, you know, my kiddos, you know, what right. am I going to do about that? So I told my mother, I said, Hey, listen, I know these kids need me right now, but I don't have anything left. I I don't know what to do. I just feel like I can't do it. And my mother told me, you know, she looked me in the eyes and she said, listen, those kids um, don't need you. You need them. You mm-hmm. need them because you're going to see something through them and you need to draw close really into taking care of what you need to take care of. But even in that, I didn't really get too much from that. You know, at the time, I just remember it was strong to me trying to figure out what she was talking about. Even when I was in the military, I, I, I tell you, I, I, I got a DWI when I was back in Ohio. I got a DWI when I was in Louisiana. I got a DWI. So I got two more DWIs in Texas. So I had five altogether. And but it was the last time that I was locked up. I was in Arlington and uh, I just remembered. Not only was it a, a feeling of, it wasn't giving up anymore. It was just total surrender for me. Mm-hmm. Listen, I wasn't, I, I've been locked up more times than, than I could even count. So it wasn't fear of being locked up. It wasn't that I had just come to an end for me. So I was on a jail cell floor in Arlington, Texas, and I came to a point of surrender with God. And for me, it was if God really is real, I really want to know because I don't know. In other words, I was telling, I was crying out in prayer. If you are real, then if you are who they say you are, then I want to know you, mm. and I want to know uh, Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. Uh, listen, I'm going to be very honest with you, Teresa. I didn't believe that God could forgive me of all those things, but I asked for forgiveness.
1: Why? If he didn't believe, yeah,
0: because I wanted to. Sh- I wanted him to show me. I want to know. I want to know that that's real. Because you know of all the things that were in my heart and all the things that I'd done, I want to know, is that real? Can you really forgive me in that? And I asked for forgiveness. And I tell you, you know, when I left the jail, it's not like some magical thing was on me, okay? <laughs> but, I asked, but I asked God to help me with these things because there's no, nothing I could do. I couldn't, sur- I couldn't give up alcohol on my own. I tried everything. I really did. I went to programs. I did all kinds of things, you know. But uh, when I left jail that time, uh, I was at home. And, and I don't know if, any, if, if everybody knows about this, but, you know, people that get in trouble with alcohol for us, once we get in trouble and maybe we get locked up or whatever, when we come out, we're pretty good for a little bit. You know, we'll behave for just a little bit. <laughs> and then we'll drift back into things. Right. that's just a pattern. It, it was a pattern in my life. But the thing for me on this time was that it never came back and never returned. And, uh, I did try it. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. I tried to drink again. And, you know, I had a little drink here or whatever, but it wasn't there. It just wasn't there. And, um, I know that God removed the desire from my heart for that alcohol.
1: You know, I'm, I'm reminded, I actually went through something very similar. Um, as the audience knows, I I got heavily addicted to the games. And Mm -hmm. once I, um, I mean, I mean heavily addicted, and uh, there was a time when I had come back and done the whole getting square with God thing and, and, and letting him talk to me and all that. And I tried playing again. But you know what? It wasn't the same. That's right. It wasn't the same. It was like, man, I, I do I still in a way miss it? Yeah, kind of. But then every time I try playing it, it doesn't click. It, there's no satisfaction. I totally get that. And I think, at least for me, I I think I think, you know, once you get rid of the addiction, it allows God to deal with some of the underneath stuff.
0: Absolutely it does. No, I wholeheartedly yeah. believe that. Yeah.
1: You know, and usually what I find is he doesn't really deal with the addiction. He doesn't come after you over the addiction. He usually comes after you dealing with the underneath stuff and the addiction goes away on its own.
0: Sure. Absolutely. And for me, you know, it was dealing with guilt, shame, um mm-hmm. I belief, you know, help me with my belief. You know, I was, I wanted to know more, you know, I really did. I, I had a hunger and I had a desire then afterwards to know more because I really, I had a lot of questions.
1: Mm-hmm. Like what?
0: Well, for me, I wanted to know, okay, if number one, the first question for me was saved from what? As I began to uh just dig deep in in the word, you know, it's, it's saved from that damnation saved from the return, you know, of course, no, you want to be uh, your name written on the book of life. Even in that, you know, as I kept digging deeper, here's the thing I, I thought about, how come so many people have so many different interpretations? What does it right. mean? You know, right. and I want, I want to know that. So I'm going to tell you right now, I spent a lot of time just, uh, number one, reading, just mm-hmm. reading the Bible. Right. And I didn't have understanding. But, you know, once I started praying, I sat with a friend, I started praying before I even opened it up. And uh, it's just, to me, it was incredible. The illumination part for me, you know, I don't know why, but I think that God uh, takes those parts in your strong desire to learn more about him. And it's like he speaks straight to you through just different verses.
1: I've had that. I've had that. And, you know, it's like you read something or you hear, maybe you hear a sermon on the radio or something and. Maybe something that some someone said, or maybe they read a verse and it just launches out like an arrow and goes, "Ding!" Hello, That's right.
0: absolutely, absolutely, you know. And well, I mean, as I started doing this, and, and and you asked me about why do why all this, why the podcast, you know, why minister and bring your faith into the business? Well, businesses are everyday walk. In other words, we're out here doing things every day. So for me, my conversion wasn't so welcomed. <laughs> i mean it wasn't it wasn't so welcomed, and you would you would think it'd be welcomed at home, right, right, but it wasn't welcomed by my wife oh and um talk, so I, go
1: go into yeah. that talk about that
0: well, I mean, it wasn't welcomed by her because you know me and her used to do things differently, you know, we were always drinking we were always uh she wasn't like me drinking though okay, I'm gonna say that, but she was around me doing it, and you know we would go to different places. Uh, We were already living together before we ever got married. Uh, Mm -hmm. We were just doing it our way, doing it our way, however we wanted to. And we would talk to each other the way we wanted to talk to each other. It wasn't very loving at times, you know, but as we were going on, uh, I tell you, it wasn't welcome because here I was really trying to learn about God. And and my wife would do things to try to provoke me. She would say things like, I see you reading that Bible over there. That's not going to work for you. (laughs) <laughs> you know, or whatever I would try to do it. God's way. Remember I'm a babe in the faith. Right. And she say, look at Holy Jake trying to do this thing
1: here. You're trying to walk the walk. And how did you deal with that? Because I mean, that's kind of a, well, geez, if even if my wife won't support me, but I right. still know this is true. So how did you balance trying to be the man of the house and trying to do things God's way but your wife isn't too keen
0: on it. I did what I normally do. I res- I, re- I reverted back to what I was accustomed to doing. I was going to get a divorce. <laughs> so, right? so so I went and I spoke with my mother and I told my mother, I said, Hey, listen, uh, me and me and uh, Joey, Joey is my wife. I said, we're not going to make it. I'm going to, I'm going to end up getting a divorce. And right. my mother, my mother wanted to know why, what was going on. And I told her, I said, you know, I'm trying to do things different. She's trying to do it a different way and it's just not working. And she my mom said, well, let me, let me get this straight. You're, you're going to go live a life for God. And the first thing you want to do is get divorced. <laughs> well, you know, but my, my mother did tell me, you know, she said, no, Jay, you're, you're, you're going after the wrong relationship. She said, if you notice that all these things happen, there's only one, common denominator in it. Do you know what that is? And I said, yeah, it's it's women. <laughs> but no. <laughs> mom said, wrong answer. It's you. You're the one that hasn't changed these things. So she encouraged me, go uh, seek a relationship with the Lord, you know, draw close to Him. And I did, you know, and I, I tell you what, I, I wanted to do anything and everything that I can, right? Right. So I did. And I was telling you earlier how sometimes scripture just pops out to you. Well, I was studying in the book of John. I was reading, I should say, and really just, I, I was intrigued by it. I was, um, I was loving it though. I really was. And I was at the very back of the book of John. I can't take you to exactly verse, but uh, it was, it was in the very back. It's when Jesus asked Peter, you know, do you love me three times? Right.
1: Mm, okay. Yep.
0: And when he was doing that, you know, Peter, of course he answered, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And, and he, and Jesus would say, Uh, feed my sheep. But he would say, follow me. Right. And the one thing that stood out to me during this time is when Peter turned around to Jesus and said, what about him? He's talking about John. And Jesus said, if I'm to remain, he's to remain until I return. What's that to you? You follow me. So when I read that scripture, I was just asking the question. I'm trying to do everything I'm supposed to do, Lord. What about her?
1: Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) yeah, that would (laughs) Oh, wow.
0: So that's what really stood out to me. And that's what I was receiving from the Lord is to continue to follow him no matter what.
1: How does that change your relationship with your wife going forward?
0: We had four kids at the time living with us. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I'm trying to do this thing. I'm trying to seek this relationship with God. I'm trying to be all in. So I'm going to go and take my kids to church. I asked my wife if she wants to go. And she said, no. I'd ask her the next weekend, she'd say no. Over and over, I would ask her, and of course, she didn't want to go. She didn't want anything to do with it. But I would get my kids dressed, and I'd do my little girls, both of their hair and everything, you know, best I could. I'd take them in there, and we'd go. Mm -hmm. And I was doing it all the time, and, you know, uh, every weekend I'd go, but I was still, you know, I wasn't getting that from her. But one weekend, I got all of them dressed. We're getting ready to go get into our car, and my wife comes out of the bedroom, and she said, can I go with you today? That's the first time for me in my life that I ever really experienced faith and pressing through in what God says to do, because that was for me, no one could take that moment from me. In other words, God was showing me this is what faith looks like when you continue this way. So that's what our relationship from there, I'm going to tell you right now, it, uh, it took off. Our marriage took off and, you know, we sought together from that point on. It wasn't easy. But here we are today, still, you know, together doing the things in the Lord, and and it's beautiful from there. But that was the biggest part of our marriage—the turnaround right there for us.
1: A lot of people might hear that and go, "So you just kept doing the whole church thing, and she finally wanted to come with you?" But I'm still stuck in the where I'm living with someone and they don't want to go to church. Um, maybe I'm living with my parents and they don't want me doing this religion thing. I mean, that's, that was my experience. Uh, sure. When I came to know the Lord, it was, well, don't push it. And I was living under their roof. And so I had to sit there and figure how do you balance the honor your parents, but then also honor God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, uh, living under your parents' roof is definitely, uh, I can see and understand how that would be, but you know, here's the thing when we, seek God and we seek His will and way, He always makes a way. He will always Mm -hmm. make a way. But for for us, you know, our our marriage moved on and definitely, man, I'm just right now today, I think about it, even in in telling you that I rejoice in it. And it's simply the grace of God. It really is uh, that got us through. So as I studied and went on to continue uh, just studying His word, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. Um, How would they say, just go immediately jump in and be a part of all these things at church? I still had a problem I was still dealing with. I would take my family to church, me and my wife, but I sat in the balcony because uh, I didn't really want to mix and mingle with people because I know they're going to ask about the story and all that stuff, you know?
1: Right. (laughs) So I
0: didn't want to do that. Hey, I believe I'm forgiven. I believe that God has saved me. I believe that he is with me, but they're still dealing with people. I didn't want to really talk about all those things.
1: Of course, of course. So, and how many people do you think are sitting in churches and they feel that exact same way? Well, i yeah, okay, I know God, but I don't want people coming in and seeing the skeletons in my closet. I've done this, that, and the other, and there's there's sins that I have, there's there's things in my past that I can't share.
0: Absolutely, and I know, I, I absolutely know that people are sitting there today thinking the same thing, like you're talking about. I had that question for God, remember I was telling you I've got questions, so I was sitting there one morning and asking God about this. I want to serve you, I really do, but at the same time i'm like i don't I'm not worthy to do so. I don't know how to do those things and I was sitting there reading there's one of those scriptures that popped out to me again is. First Corinthians 15, I believe it's nine, I believe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, or he says, I'm the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted mm-hmm. the church of God. And I tell you right now, I just roll that right off the tip of my tongue, because it, it sat in my heart forever, you know, and it still does. You know, he says, but by the grace of God, I am who I am and his grace towards me is not in vain. Uh, if you continue to look at that, it says, hey, but I outwork them all, yet not I but the grace of God that was with me. So when, that's, when that really got into my heart, I mean, I, it really spoke to me and God was showing me, listen, look at this word and really look at the people that he's used. So if you look at the Bible and you go through all throughout the Bible, you're going to see <laughs> all the great people he used, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, We don't, I mean, we're telling, we're talking about a drunk, a murderer, you name it, all the way through there, right? So God was just simply showing me it's his grace it's his grace
1: so if you're if you're talking to that person that maybe they've done just horrible things and you know things that are sinful and horrible and maybe they go i can't be forgiven i've done the, too many things what would you say to that
0: well when i hear that because i often do uh, i think about our natural and our spiritual, and of course, naturally, we have questions. Naturally, we have belief and we have a disbelief. But spiritually, we're things in our spirit that we don't even understand, which means to me, you know, when I look back at, at his, his word, it says, you know, trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding. In all of those ways, we acknowledge him and he'll make our path straight. I really believe that wholeheartedly. And it comes down to belief. I sat with, uh, I I told you that I do prison ministry. I sat with someone in prison and they described to me their crime. And when we were talking about this issue, how can you say sin is sin when the things that I've done versus stealing a stick of gum are different? And I say, listen, I don't say it. The word says, it. you know, the sin is sin. Right. And as we sat there, I mean, I think, Teresa, the most part about is that the biggest part for me is spending time with people and loving them. So when you're talking about this thing, do I, what do I say? I only say what the Lord gives me, but I, I'm going to take them up by the hand and put my arm around them and sit to them and, and let God love on them from me. So, because I know, and I understand wholeheartedly that God fills us up to be used by him. So that love that comes and pours out is only, it's not ours, it's his. So as the spirit draws near, the spirit of a man or woman draws near to God. It's ministered to, it's healed. All of those things start to take place. If we're going to place it all on our own understanding, we're going to miss. We're going to miss the whole thing.
1: By this, are you saying that anyone, no matter what they've done, that God is willing and can forgive them? Absolutely. No matter no no matter what I mean because that that I mean that what that statement right there seems so anti everything that this world screams you know if you screw up you're, you're you're done
0: yeah absolutely and you know the world would of course want us to feel that way or be that way or to acknowledge things that way and see it that way that way we can become you know a castaway or a throwaway or you know a reject. But that's just not the way that God's love works. God's love is always abounding. There's nothing that holds it back and uh, nothing that can defeat it. In time for me, uh, I spent time in prison ministry, and I still go. And that's the things that I have seen and I've experienced in ministry, is spending time with guys there. And yes, and I believe, just like you're describing, the world would want us to believe that. And I think that a lot of prisons hold people in of course, for crime. And you know what? We're going to pay the price for a crime we commit. Okay. I'm not saying we don't, but even in that, the Lord will still forgive us if in fact we're coming to him for that. So I've seen a lot of men, an incredible amount of men healed in the spirit of God and they're living free now. Hey, listen, I see people in prison living freer than out here, but go ahead.
1: Can you tell us a story about that?
0: (laughs) Well, well, okay. I'll tell you a story about one of the guys that I met and I, He was explaining to me that something happened to him and it was due to alcohol. And I spent some time with him just, just hanging out. And he told me that, you know, he's never been a big drinker. Never, you know, and all was going well for him. His life, it was, you know, nothing big, but nothing bad, you know, everything was going all right. And then his wife grew ill and she became terminally ill and eventually she passed away. And they had been married, uh, I think 40 years. So he was in his sixties and in his sixties, he, in, uh, he was early sixties. So anyway, he ended up getting in a car accident because he was drinking and driving and he ended up killing somebody and they put him in prison. And because of his time in prison, the first three years, they said he never even came out, never even really came out of his cell. Of course, just go to the chow hall and back kind of thing but never was in the day room, never was mingling with people, none of that. He just lived in isolation. So coming to know the Lord uh, in a way for him, it was hard for him to understand some of those things. And I can sure, surely understand myself how that would be hard. But what he told me is that he's freer now in prison than he's ever been in his life. Even though he's lost his wife, he feels like, you know, he says the, the thing that he regrets the most is how him and his wife never sought after God together to go have that relationship. And, you know, I just spend time with guys. I don't try to fix them. I know better than that. I'm not Mr. Fix-It. I just know who he is.
1: And,
0: <laughs> you know, so I just spend time with guys and I really, I have a compassion uh, for people of course that are in prison, but I think that uh, again, I'll repeat it. You know, there are guys who are in prison today. that are living more free than guys out here.
1: Well, how does someone, how would you suggest someone get that kind of freedom?
0: (laughs) Simple. Surrender your life to Christ Jesus. That's all there is to it. There's just no other way. And, you know, I know it's cliche. People will say, hey, that's cliche to say that, you know, how do you surrender your life to Christ Jesus? Number one, you're going to want to. I mean, maybe maybe you're still doing it your way. Maybe it's all going well for you. That's great. Sooner or later, you know, when people have questions and they really want to know. If, in fact, you really want to know, God says, if you seek him with all your heart, there he'll be so uh, i don 't i don 't go away from that don 't turn away from that you know, and you asked a while ago, is you really believe that 's the remedy of it I absolutely he is the one and only answer and the only way to heaven. Why do I do the press and reach podcast because of all those things I was just telling you about? I know as we go through everyday life out here in business and uh, work, people need to be encouraged in their faith to continue to walk their faith out. when I say walk it out is you know how about um, being about God's business wh- wherever he may call us to be. You know, I know a plumber who loves to, uh, who loves to share the gospel. I know guys who do roofing who love to do the same. You know, they're not ashamed of the gospel. They know who they are in Christ and they love it all day, every day. And I believe that that's how we should all be when we walk out here. If Christ Jesus has saved my life, why in the world would I not go tell people about it?
1: Amen. Amen, Jake. Thank you so much. What he's saying, guys, it's totally right on. There is forgiveness, absolutely. And I'm not going to sit here and say that you know once you become a Christian you don't ever screw up again. Hardly, right hardly. No, that doesn't happen. uh you know, there are times you you screw up and 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 then sometimes it's worse because you go, Father, I didn't mean to hurt you. Right. You know, I mean, and 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 and, and but if you don't know Christ. Come to know him. Seriously, Absolutely. come to know him. You know, the Bible says that uh, all sin have and fallen short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Absolutely. That's the truth of the matter. Yeah. So, well, Jake, thank you so much for coming on uh, the Unresolved Life podcast.
0: Thank you so much for having us. And God bless you and all the things that you guys are continuing to do.
1: Well, thank you very much. Hey, guys, if you found this content valuable, could you share it with your friends and your family? If God puts it on your heart, would you consider supporting us? I have just set up a Patreon page. I want to get this, you know, funded so that we can do a lot of really cool things. I got a lot of cool things in the works, but I want to make sure that things are done right. So um, if that is something that God puts on your heart, you can go to unresolved.life forward slash support. Thank you very much. Have a great day. We'll speak to you next time.
0: You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.